2 of chapter 1. <clears throat> and certainly appreciate our praise team this morning. Sister Regina is sick and has been sick for uh, several days now. And, uh, and let's do especially pray for Brother Paul uh, Miller that the Lord can work and minister uh, in, in his life. Um, the, the Spirit needs to speak uh, to him. Joshua chapter 1, and I would like to read beginning in verse 1. The Bible <clears throat> says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. And from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Pay particular attention to this verse. <clears throat> be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide unto an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success." Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray that the Lord would touch his word here this morning. Lord, we sense God and know that your presence is here with us. And I know, Lord, that there are, Lord, among every person here, that, Lord, that there are needs, there are challenges, there are burdens and pressures of life, Lord, that we all face. And yet, Lord, we read in your word that there is a command for us to be strong and to be courageous. And I pray, Lord, today, God, that this word would be mixed with faith and that some way, that every one of us, God, would realize that we don't have any strength in ourselves whatsoever. But Lord, there, there is a spirit that you have filled us with. There is a Holy Ghost, Lord, that you have supplied and that you're able to meet, Lord, every need that we have. 
And Lord, you know the future. You're aware, God, of every detail that is yet to be worked out. And I pray, Lord, today, God, that you help us to have the confidence and the strength in believing and knowing, God, that we can trust in you. But help us, Lord, to be filled with courage no matter what we are facing. And I pray, Lord, that on this church here today, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Why don't you just clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. name. Amen. You may be seated. Certainly appreciate all of our guests being here with us today. Thank you for coming to church. I will tell you that this is not the first time that I have preached from this passage, but the thing about the Word of the Lord is that the Spirit of God and the Word of the Lord has an ability to mix with our spirits and it can build faith in our lives. This past Wednesday, I participated in a Zoom conference, and it uh, was initiated by one of our ministers in the United Pentecostal Church in San Diego, California, Brother Art Hodges. Uh, has been working with some attorneys and even some other churches there in the San Diego area. You may be aware that some of the California churches have been tremendously affected by what has taken place with the COVID virus uh, for the last, we're working on seven or eight months now that it's been going on. You know about the businesses that have been shut down, and you're also perhaps maybe not as much aware as what I found out this past Wednesday uh, whenever I was in that Zoom conference, and, and there was a number, at least a 100 uh, pastors and attorneys that were involved in that Zoom conference. It was on the video, and then there was a number that had logged in, and they were listening on their phones. So I'm speculating that uh, there was well over a hundred people that were involved and represented uh, in that meeting. And I began to find out that some of the churches there in California, they mentioned one of the ministers mentioned that as many as eighty percent of those churches there have not opened up their doors. Uh, again since COVID has has struck and because of some of the uh, rulings that the governor has had there. And then there's been a Supreme Court decision that earlier in the year that it was against them, although this past week there was an injunction uh, just a couple of days after uh, the Zoom conference, either, a day, either Thursday or Friday, uh, that went in behalf of those churches and now that they are uh, able to open their doors up. And we're thankful for that. However, uh, there is, if you're not aware of it, I think you certainly need to wake up to the fact that we are moving in a very concerning direction as far as religious freedom and all of that sort of thing as we know it, that there is a threat to that. 
Whenever I was listening to those men speak, especially Brother Hodges and then uh, another one of the pastors there, Pastor Keon, that was in the San Diego area as well, started talking about the fact about how that pastors and spiritual leaders in churches that they needed to have courage to be invested in to their lives in these very precarious days that we are living in uh, now. And I, as I listen to that, I, I Alabama is 3,000 miles away from California. And thankfully, for the most part, our churches here has not been affected like they have been out there. One church is being fined every day a thousand a day. Another church is being fined $1,500 per event that every time that they open their doors, there is an injunction that is against them. And on January the 15th, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church is going to have to go to court and he will have to withstand a a, a contempt of court uh, ruling against him because they have continued to open up uh, the doors there. And, and there was a plea that came from those men that said that we're about to find out as far as the spiritual leaders are in America who uh, really are shepherds and those that are hirelings, those that are just doing it for a paycheck or just for a career. And as I listened to that, I, I found again there was a resonating in me about some of the things that they were saying. And more than anything in our world now. There needs to be a spirit of courage that comes over the American church and gets a hold of it. And to me, it doesn't matter at this point what denomination that it may be, whether it's a Baptist or Reformed or Charismatic or Apostolic or Pentecostal, it doesn't matter to me. What needs to happen in America is there needs to be some courage that comes in to every one of our hearts and our lives even to the point where that if they start saying that we are going to put you in jail because of uh, you opening the doors of the churches I'm just going to tell you right now that what has taken place in this church for the last hour and 40 minutes has been essential. It is important that we walk into the house of the Lord and that we do what we do as in worship and pray and fellowship and let the Spirit work here with us today. But we are not the first people that has had to deal with the challenges that came in to uh, uh, to the nation or the children of God, that there were threats of fear that came into their lives. And here in uh, Joshua chapter 1, if you know anything at all about the Scriptures, you are aware that this is the beginning stages of the children of Israel going in to take the promised land. Now there's some that would say that the promised land is heaven, but I uh, would have to tell you that that Canaan, that going into Canaan and capturing Jericho, uh, is not really a place of heaven. You say, well, how do you know that? Because when they get into there, that after that, the scriptures record and tell us that there are all sorts of battles that are taking place, and the thing is this: is when that you get to 
heaven, there will be no more battles that you have to endure and that you have to overtake you. And so whenever you start looking in the book of Joshua, there are 13 recorded battles that are there. Jericho was a place of warfare. Ai was the only loss, and that is in Joshua chapter 7. And then Ai and Bethel, Gibeon and and Lachish and Eglon and, and among others were places where that when they got to that place that there was a spiritual battle that took place there. In heaven, the absence of the battles are going to be something that we thank God for. But yet while we are here now, there is an onslaught of a battle that is coming against every one of us. And yet I take great confidence in the word of the Lord in knowing that if Joshua and the children of Israel were successful in their battles, then ultimately the church is going to be successful in every battle that it has to take on. Whether those battles are individually that each one of you have to contend with and to deal with or whether it is a battle that we deal with corporately as a church body. I want to encourage you here today, church, and let you know that the Lord can invest courage inside of every one of us that our prayers do make a difference and our presence coming in to a worship service that it does matter and even in those times where that you may be alone and you feel like that you are isolated from the Lord there still is a presence of the Lord that can be about you and that there is a security of the spirit that Jesus Christ God Almighty is with us at every point there is an authority that you have when you plead the blood there is an authority that you have when you get down on your knees and begin to pray. There is something that takes place when you lift your hands and you open your mouth and you begin to praise the Lord. There is something that trembles in heaven, but there is something else that takes place in hell as well. That there is an acknowledgement that the enemy knows that we do not belong to him, but we are God called. We are spirit filled. We speak the word and we know that the Lord is with us at every point in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Whenever you read in the book of Ephesians, which there are two books in the New Testament, that they both, they marry up to the book of Joshua. One of those is the book of Ephesians and the other is the book of Hebrews. Whenever you look in there in the book of Ephesians, what does Paul say? Paul says it like this, that, that we are sitting in heavenly places. That obviously is not the meaning that you have made it to heaven, but it just means that you are with the Lord Jesus Christ and every bit of his kingdom. You remember what he told Pilate? He said, this kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. There is a kingdom that the Lord is in charge of, that it is filled with a host of angels, whether they are cherubim or whether they are seraphim and all of the levels and the authority of the kingdom of God. That 
is what you tap into whenever you are spirit filled and you sit in those heavenly places. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 that, that we can very clearly see that the place in the land of Canaan is a picture of spiritual rest. I dare say that all of us at some time have not walked in to a church, a spirit-filled church, and you come in here and you felt the burden of the world, and yet you walked in and began to pray, and the spirit began to move, and all of a sudden you begin to understand that this is indeed a place of spiritual rest and that there is something that we do not deserve whenever we walk in here but the glory and the mercy of God that is poured out on our hearts and our spirits and we can say, hey, I'm in the presence of the Lord and I am tapped into something that is supernatural. I am tapped into a power that I cannot totally explain but I know that I'm in the hands of the Lord and that I am in a place of spiritual rest and spiritual strength. I'd like to draw some things out here from this passage. First of all, in verse two, the Bible tells us there that, that it says to arise and go over to this Jordan. The purposes of God are being worked out here in the life of Joshua. They started somewhere prior 80 years to that because the Bible tells us that, that Joshua and Caleb were the two men that went in to spy out the land and whenever they got in there to spy out the land they began to understand that they could indeed take that land. Now, now here's the part that sometimes that I believe that goes missing in that that all of those men come back and said that, that they are giants that are in that land and, and these people are in a place where that they are so much bigger than what we are that we're like grasshoppers that are in in their sight. I don't believe that that was just a figment of their imagination because later on if you follow through you understand that there were giants that were spotted there in Canaan and even David whenever he goes and he knocks down Goliath that there is a giant that he destroys there and David also later on his men would kill some of the brothers of Goliath that they were giants as well there was something that was spiritual that was going on there because whenever you begin to look to the book of Deuteronomy, particularly in Deuteronomy 13 and then also in chapter 18, then there was something that the Lord said that there is something vile that is inside of Canaan and he made a connection with it that they are diviners and they're necromancers and witches and warlocks and all of that. And he began to say, you've got to come against that which tells me that these giants were more than just hulking physical creatures, but there literally was something spiritually that was motivated against that. But listen to me, church, before it was all said and done, those giants had been eradicated. The Philistines had gone down. You know why? Because David could stand up and say, you're coming to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and he 
is going to secure the victory for me. There has to be that courage that Joshua had. There's got to be that same courage that David had. That if those men had it in their generation, then we can import that into us. And no matter what comes in our direction, there's still a command that says arise and you go into Canaan. You go across Jordan because the Lord has got something that he wants to add to your life and to your spirit. And the challenges yet that are faced there can sometimes literally, they can be (coughs) so overwhelming to us but there is a purpose of God that is always moving us forward whenever I start looking in the New Testament epistles here are some of the things that I recognize there that that what is there it's a call for me to fulfill 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 know ye not that they which run a race they run all but one receiveth the prize so run that you may obtain and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that just beats the air, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself would be a castle away. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Paul writes it like this. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, that you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How do we do that? One of the ways is in the following chapter. Philippians 3 and 13. The Bible says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things that are behind reaching forward to those things that are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus here is what you have to understand church that there is a command that God has those people were wading through all sorts of things and they were getting into Canaan. I am still convinced and I understand that COVID and all of the situations that are taking place in our nation right now that they are physically things that we can see. There is certainly that fact of knowing that this disease that has affected uh, people, there are people that are dying from it. There are those that are recovering as well. But whenever you start seeing the battles that are taking place in our political system, when you start looking at the rioting that's going on in this nation and it's taking place in France, it's taking place in Great Britain, I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's like it is sweeping this world all over. That tells me right there that this is more than just some kind of upheaval. There is something taking place in a spiritual realm and the only hope that you have is to be able to get the courage of the Lord on the inside of you and rest and say, I'm gonna plead the blood. I'm gonna pray in authority. That means that I may pray 
as Jude said. My brothers, pray in the build up your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost so that there is a strength that can come in to your life that's not gonna come because you're taking vitamins and because you're going to bed at the right time and you're doing everything you can. There is somewhere on the inside of us that you've got to get a courage that comes from another world that is supernatural in origin and saying that it is trying to crush me down with fear that I'm going to claim power. I'm going to claim victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that church. I believe that the Lord wants to invest things inside of every one of us that we will indeed do the will of God. But what was it about the life there of Joshua? Look there with me to verse six of chapter one. He said, be strong and of a good courage for unto this people you're gonna divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And then in verse nine, have I not commanded thee be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed for the Lord your God is with you whether so ever you go. We ought to say you know what Lord if you could speak that to Joshua I'm going to take that promise for me in my day now that no matter what we're up against that there can be a supernatural part on the inside of you that can say I can be courageous and the spirit of God can work inside of my heart in my life. I believe courage needs to work among us. There is a victorious war. Yes, it is. It's a vicious war. But there is a victorious war that you are a part of. And why is it going to be victorious? Is because we are connected up with a resurrected Christ. Do you realize that Jesus was not just some historical figure? The apostles, they were not just characters in history, but they were indeed men and women that were filled by the Spirit. And we read in the book of Acts, that their exploits were great and they were powerful. Did they experience suffering? Did they experience hurt and change and difficulty in their lives? Yes, they did. But there was still something about it that there was a prevailing power of God that even in their lowest moment, they kept bobbing back up to the top, not because of their own strength and power, but because of the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why we've got to have the Holy Ghost. Let me take a, a minute uh, or 30 seconds or something to tell you about a, a brief commercial here. It's, it's this, that we have a prayer revival that starts tomorrow night at 6.30. It'll start... Uh, Tuesday night at 6.30. It'll start Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. If ever we needed a church to come together as a corporate body, we need it now. We need a praying church. I don't mean one that just comes around and just does a patty cake prayer, but I mean a church that gets down on their knees and calls out and cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, we need your strength and your power power to help us in this world. 
There's got to be that strength and power of the Holy Ghost. We can somehow say that we want to stay in a, a wilderness of defeat, but there is a victory that is in front of us. We have to realize that there is a place where that sinners can be converted, where that saints can be equipped, and where that there is a training ground for ministers. Brother Jonathan, Brother Nathan, Brother Justin have been doing a wonderful job when leading the service. Brother Chad's been at it for a little while, but we're mixing in some of these young men. There ought to be everything in, out here in the pews to say we want to support them. Whoever's got that mic in their hand, that we're training them and we're helping them to say, you know what? There's going to be another generation that comes along and they're just as going to be spiritually equipped and just as powerful as what we are in our days that we have served God. That's how you replicate a church. As that church keeps passing things down to the next generation and they come on, are they going to preach like I preach? Probably not. And that's not all bad. They're probably going to be nicer than what I am. Uh, but, but again, are they going to sing as beautifully as I can sing? Be careful, Brother Wells. Probably not. But I will tell you this. I believe that there are young men and young women in our congregation that they know how to worship God. They know how to pray. That there's things that they're going to be able to do to invest themselves into the kingdom of God. And we have to do everything we can to help to train them and bring them on. There doesn't need to be a church that dies in the grave. There needs to be a church that is just as powerful as it was in Acts chapter two when the spirit fell on those churches, on those people, that there were tongues of fire, that they spoke in tongues, that they knew something about the authority of the Holy Ghost. We've gotta have that. We gotta have that. And so... I just ask this question, what what does courage look like? What what does courage look like? I realize sometimes that <clears throat> especially when I start looking in the mirror, my hair, it's like it's every day. I'm getting less of it and it's getting more gray. And uh start thinking, man, I'm too young for all this. And some of it has to do with some of the challenges that, that you face. And because I care for you, that I do, I worry and I fret. And I, I shouldn't do that, but I, I'm guilty of it. And most of you, I pray for you regularly. And I've told you before in the past that if I had the ability to take a switch and to flip that switch and everything would be okay, I promise you, I would do everything I could to fix that. But what in the world does courage look like? Here's what courage looks like. It looks like this, that whenever you are overwhelmed 
by whatever challenge it is that you are facing in your life that you still say, you know what? I'm still going to serve God. I'm not going to turn around and go in the back direction. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to say, Lord, just because all my questions can't be answered, I'm not going to try to put you in a box and try to force you and to say, well, Lord, why haven't you worked in this way? Here's what I know that what Paul said in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good. That means the good things. That means the average things. That means the bad things. And even here this morning, in this congregation, as I walked around here before church this morning, some of you expressed some of the challenges that you're facing in your life. My brother and my sister, hear me out your problem may seem like it's overwhelming but your problem is not bigger than what God is and so what do you do you take courage and you take strength and you say you know what the Lord is going to help us in that way we ask our musicians to come what does courage look like what does courage sound like I have a friend of mine that I've been connected with now for a little over 30 years, <coughs> perhaps even 35 years. Pastor Brent Rochelle, Dyersburg, Tennessee. He and his wife, Kim, have been friends to Teresa and I for a number of years. Several weeks ago, Brent and his son, Logan, got covid and uh, Kim was in Houston visiting her parents. It was right around, um, well, it was late October. And so uh, Brent asked Kim, you just stay there in Houston, and, and uh, whenever Logan and I get over this, uh, then you can come on home. Well, uh, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to come home and take care of, her husband and her son. So that's what she did. Got on a plane and and flew home. And uh, she started increasingly getting worse. And um, Sister Sims, is, she's still having the lingering effects of COVID. And um, so Kim got COVID and they put her in the hospital on November the 4th. And I didn't know about it until last Saturday. Not yesterday, but a week ago. And uh, Kim started having challenges. She's been in the hospital since November the 4th. And on Thanksgiving Day, they intubated her and put her on a vent. And now, uh, at 56 years old, her situation is very grim. And um, Kim has always been in relatively good health. And... So what does courage look like? Well, you know that you can't, hospitals now, they cut off visiting. You can't go in. And so in Jackson, Tennessee, which is about 30 to 40 miles from Dyersburg, every single day, Brent has not missed. And he's drove up and he's sat there in that parking lot at that hospital. 
and um, has prayed for his wife. Lord, I want you to uh, heal my wife. And I talked to him some on the phone. Now I'm on the list of getting uh, updates, some, usually at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. And earlier in the week, very, very challenging. O2 sats dropping down, very high flow, uh, nearly 100% oxygen. They two times have put her in a medically induced coma uh, to try to help them to ventilate her better. But what does courage look like? Courage looks like this. Just driving up in that parking lot and sitting in that parking lot and praying for a wife that you can't see, that you can't touch. But you know that there is a God in heaven that has the ability to work and to minister. That, that's what courage looks like. What else does courage look like? Courage looks like this. It's whenever you feel like that a financial situation is about to wilt you down, that you just say, Lord, I know you're in charge. And even though the economy has been impacted and affected by this, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to say, God, I need some courage that's going to have to come from another world. That is what courage looks like. Now, I would just say this, and I pray that it does not come to this, but I really am concerned about religious freedom. What is going to happen? What's going to happen to churches when they, whenever they lose their tax-exempt status? What's going to happen to churches whenever they lock the doors and they say you can't come in, or if you do come in, you're risking you being arrested. That's why that 80% of the churches in California that they have buckled. And whenever I was on that Zoom conference the other day, I thought, Lord, now what am I going to do? And what is our church going to do? If that starts moving east and we end up in a situation like that, then I have to look back to those first century saints that when Nero said, we're going we're gonna to burn you at the stake, we're, we're going to behead you, we're going to do everything that we can to try to stop the progress and the movement of the church. I just want to tell this church here today, on December the 6th, 2020, that if we ever needed courage to get into our hearts and into our spirits, now is the time. Right, right now is the time for you to make up in your mind and say, when we get to that place, some of you's made up your mind a long time ago, way before December the 6th. But if there was ever an opportunity for you to say that we're going to press forward, then we're moving forward. And I have to tell you, I honor Pastor Art Hodges for saying we're still coming to church. 
and we're still opening the doors. There they're doing the social distancing. They're doing everything that they need to do. But these men of God are still opening their doors. Other pastors, Douglas Walker, Ukiapa, California, still opening their doors up. Miles Young, Sacramento, California, still opening their doors up. Dr. John MacArthur, Grace Community Church, still opening their doors up. Pastor Keon, there in San Diego, still opening their doors up. Pastor Jack Hibbs in California, still opening the doors up. I just tell our church here today, if those people can open the doors in their church, woe is us is if we don't open our doors up and say that whatever they say that we're going to serve the Lord because there is a long line of people that they've had the courage the power of God I want you to stand with me this morning and whatever the situation may be in your life personally I mentioned this Thursday, Wednesday night, Sister Sims, after being employed for 20 plus years, there's no way she can work. Pulling around an oxygen tank, still recovering, was in the hospital for more than 30 days, and she was terminated from her place of employment. The Lord is going to help. The Lord is going to provide. If the Lord can take care of that, if the Lord can take care of every family in this church, He's going to do it. I just owe it and say, Lord, I've got to put some courage. I need you to let some supernatural courage that comes from another world get into my heart and to my spirit. I want to pray for you, Lord. I'm asking you this morning. Your spirit is here. The authority of the Holy Ghost is here. And I pray, God, that somehow, in some way, that every one of us, then there would be an investment of courage. Then, Lord, that it's more than, than somehow church being a social event. But it's a place, Lord, where that the anointing and the power and the strength of the Holy Ghost and, Lord, the information of your word, that it comes forth to us. I pray, Jesus, today, let that exist in every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. If you want to slip out of your pew,